And I'm Scott. And we are Fired Up, Ready to Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13. That's right. Lucky 13. We're focused on voter suppression and getting out the vote. We have got to win this election, which is in three Three weeks. weeks. So please make sure that you've registered, that everyone you know is registered, and that you have a plan for voting and getting every young person in your life voting. That's right. If you can reach out and help somebody else to the polls, please do it. Now, on with our show. And now, domestic Trump troubles. All right. The New York Times reports Nikki Haley to resign as Trump's ambassador to the U.N. Last Tuesday, Nikki Haley announced she was going to resign at the end of the year, marking the departure of one of the few high-profile women in the Trump administration. Miss Haley, a former Republican governor of South Carolina, had been an early and frequent critic of Mr. Trump, but he named her to the U.N. job weeks after his election. She has been an outspoken and often forceful envoy. White House staff members were caught off guard by the announcement, which Miss Haley and Mr. Trump had kept closely under wraps. Miss Haley was said to have a strained relationship with John Bolton, but has been closely aligned with Ivanka and Jared. Quote, Jared is such a hidden genius that no one understands, unquote, Miss Haley said. Quote, and Ivanka has been a great friend, and they do a lot of things behind the scenes that I wish more people knew about, because we're a better country because they're in this administration, unquote. Uh, forgive me if I beg to differ, Miss Haley. Miss Haley, who has long been seen as a potential presidential candidate, said she has no intention of running in 2020, but will be campaigning for Trump. Miss Haley has been criticized by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, a liberal nonprofit watchdog group, and on Monday they had asked, <clears throat> excuse me, for an investigation into whether Miss Haley had violated executive branch regulations on accepting gifts. The letter said Miss Haley and her husband accepted seven free flights on luxury private aircraft from three South Carolina businessmen in 2017 at an estimated worth of tens of thousands of dollars. So, in the in keeping with the despicable behavior in the Trump administration, more grifting, more uh, dealing in illegal gifts. Why should we not be surprised? But in all fairness, I guess we have not seen the investigation play out. So let us see what happens. But farewell, Miss Haley. Okay, folks, CNN reports... Voter registration reportedly spikes after Taylor Swift post. According to Vote.org, there was a significant increase in voter registration after Taylor Swift waded into politics. 
They reported an increase of 65,000 registrations in a single 24-hour period. Taylor Swift had endorsed Tennessee Democrats Phil Bredzen and Jim Cooper. Uh, She had posted while she had once been reluctant to voice her political opinions in the past, quote, due to several events in my life and in the world and in the past two years, I feel very differently about that now. I have and always will cast my vote based on which candidate will protect and fight for the human rights I believe we all deserve in this country. I believe in the fight for LGBTQ rights, and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong, in caps. Unquote. Wow. I say whatever it takes to get people, these young people registered. Fantastic. Amen to that. Uh, Oh, and then I guess there's more to the story. CNBC reports that Taylor Swift's political endorsement could become, quote, the biggest ripple ever at the polls. Wow. Andy Bernstein, executive director of the voter registration nonprofit group Headcount, said that Swift's post was the latest example of the type of digital outreach needed to get the attention of voters in the 18 to 29-year-old demographic. Quote, It's a proven method, and clearly Taylor Swift's post made the biggest ripple ever. Unquote. Amen. I wonder if any of those kids that uh, Jacob Soberoff interviewed at that college in California <laughs> were, are Taylor Swift fans, <laughs> and if now they're going to uh, plan to show up a- answer, answer the call? Right. Let's hope. There's, in truth, not much to uh, correlate between Hurricane Michael and the Trump administration. Storms are going to happen regardless of who's in the Oval Office. Actually, almost 10 years passed between Katrina in 06 and Harvey in 16, so Obama almost got a pass. But in the last two storm, storm cycles, Michael has now joined Harvey, Irma, and Maria as the fourth Category 4 storm to make landfall in the last two storm seasons. Uh, it has been, um, that's more frequent than any other storm run in the last 150 years of uh, record keeping. Florence was uh, also in that mix, uh, but that was, that was reduced to a category one storm by the time it hit land, although even it brought enormous destruction and claimed uh, about 50 lives. These uh, four storms in two years are part of a trend which Jennifer Collins, a research of weather and climate at the University of South Florida, was quoted in an article in The Guardian as saying, The past couple of years have been seasons of records, and I'm sure we'll have more to come. New records may even occur again this year. There's general agreement in the scientific community that the intensity of the strongest storms is increasing, end quote. Now, if only our president gave a shit about what scientists like Jennifer have to say or about what the government departments that provide relief in the wake of natural disasters are all about. Uh, But remember, it was only a few weeks ago that that $10 million was moved from FEMA's budget Mm. to that of ICE Mm. because no storm poses as much of a threat to this president as immigrants. 
Because when immigrants move in and create businesses and pay taxes and build the economy, they just might vote Democratic. And huh. no storm will ever be accused of that. Oh, boy. Well, don't forget that our president has said he has a scientific feel. Oh. Um, so never mind science. He's got a really good scientific feel. And let's not forget... He did throw paper towels in Puerto Rico, and I believe he threw water bottles out in Florida. So, what what more do you want? Well, you know, my own mother recently said that with re- with um, regard to these storms, that God is angry. So maybe if the oh evangelicals that <laughs> are funding him uh, and and touting his every line start uh, throwing that at him, maybe we'll see something change. But I'm not counting on it. Okay, CNBC reports, ethics complaints against Brett Kavanaugh have not been resolved yet. (laughs) A number of ethics complaints filed against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh have yet to be resolved and will be transferred to a new jurisdiction. Chief Justice Roberts wrote in a letter, In recent weeks, members of the public had filed multiple judicial misconduct complaints against against Kavanaugh with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. The complaints seem to be about Kavanaugh's answers about his work in the George W. Bush administration, and some involve partisan comments Kavanaugh made about Democrats during the confirmation process. It is unclear what the Tenth Circuit will do with the complaints, as Kavanaugh, now a Supreme Court justice, is not subject to the lower court's judicial misconduct procedures. Oh, boy. So let's hope there is some remedy. I mean, if a Supreme Court justice is behaving unethically, there must be some, there, there must be some way of, of dealing with yeah, that. Can he be um, reprimanded for activity know. that occurred before he was a justice? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But... It's just not encouraging. The Washington Post reports, the State Department changes visa rules for same-sex partners of foreign diplomats. Lawmakers and gay rights advocates are criticizing a new State Department policy that denies family visas to same-sex domestic partners of diplomats posted in the U.S. and gives those already in the country three months to marry or lose their visas. Critics said there was no reason for the change and that having spousal visas in the passports of same-sex domestic partners could expose them to prosecution and punishment in countries where homosexuality is illegal. Quote, denying visas to same-sex partners of foreign diplomats and UN officials is a discriminating reversal of a policy that recognize that not all same-sex couples around the world have the freedom to marry and unfairly targets LGBTQ families, unquote, said Representative Mark Takano, a Democrat and gay congressman from California. He urged the administration to reconsider a, quote, dangerous and bigoted policy, unquote. Just more love for the LGBTQ 
population. Well, isn't this in the same time frame that the U.S. refused to sign on to some condem global condemnation yes. of uh, death being uh, justifiable Death punishment? penalty, yes. Now, uh, in all fairness, I was looking into that story, and I think there is a little more to it than just I hope. condemnation, blah, blah, blah. But the, anyway, anyway, not a friendly environment. The Washington Post reports, in an interview on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, Trump said, quote, Putin was probably involved in assassinations and poisonings, but he appeared to dismiss the gravity of those actions, noting that they have not taken place in the U.S., oh, okay. saying, quote, but I rely on them. It's not in our country, unquote. Of course, it did take place in Britain, one of our allies, but I guess that doesn't matter to Trump. Later in the interview, he was asked about his uh, biggest regret that he has had as a president. And he first said that the, quote, media treats me terribly, unquote. He went on to say that his biggest mistake was not acting more quickly to renegotiate NAFTA. He also defended his speech, mocking Christine Blasey Ford, saying, quote, Had I not made that speech, we would not have won, oh. unquote. Well, by all means, the ends justify the means. Exactly. Because, you know, after all, as he told Leslie Stahl, he's the president, and you're not. God. Okay, so the only thing I want to say about the Melania interview... Ugh. is that she sees herself as one of the most bullied people in the world. She um, sums up what an entitled narcissist, an out-of-touch woman that she truly is. Michelle Obama was called a gorilla, and I'm not sure she has ever complained. And if anyone had a right to complain about the gross things that were said about them, it was the Obamas. Right. And so, be best. Yeah. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> and now for your Tweet of the Week. Our Tweet of the Week comes from Anna Navarro, who is a Republican, that's right, people, a Republican strategist and political commentator. And she tweets... A U.S. permanent resident was turned into mincemeat by the Saudis. Thousands of Floridians lost their homes. Thousands more are without power. And the President of the United States is on Twitter, calling one woman Pocahontas and another one Horseface. It must be Tuesday. Thank you, Anna Navarro. And now, Trump troubles around the globe. The world may soon bear witness to the sight of the President of the United States' head literally exploding. What ho, you say? Well, consider. Two weeks ago, Washington Post opinion writer, U.S. resident, and Saudi Arabia national Jamal Khashoggi went missing after entering the Saudi Kingdom's consulate in the Turkish city of Istanbul on October 2nd, with the intention of obtaining documents necessary to marry his Turkish fiancée. 
Soon after his disappearance, <clears throat> rumors that Turkish officials claiming to have audio and possibly video of Khashoggi being interrogated, tortured, killed, and dismembered by Saudi nationals within the consulate began to emerge. Mm. It is known, thanks to multiple sources, including The Post, MSNBC, and CNN, that the president was, for presidents anyhow, unusually silent in the wake of Khashoggi's disappearance. He was quicker to dismiss the rumors that Khashoggi was killed on orders of the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner's pal, Mohammed bin Salman, or MBS, than he was to even acknowledge the disappearance of Khashoggi in the first place. Oh, and speaking of Jared, it is known, or at least rumored, that the son-in-law, without the proper security clearance to receive it, may have leaked to MBS a list of Saudis known by U.S. intelligence to be hostile to the kingdom's own regime. The source of this rumor was the crown prince himself, who bragged last spring that he had Kushner, quote, in his pocket, unquote, after having received this information collected by the CIA that was intended for the president. It is also known that in the period after MBS made this claim, that that period was known for a shakedown of over 200 Saudi officials and royalty called a, quote, crackdown on corruption, unquote, that netted millions of dollars, if not over a billion, for the Saudi crown. <clears throat> but, jumping back to today, and to Donald's head that all the Saudi king's men might be called upon to put back together again. Pressure has been mounting from the UK, French, and German governments, as well as corporations pulling back their sponsorship of an economic summit to be held in Saudi Arabia later this month, for a thorough investigation into Khashoggi's disappearance and whereabouts by the Saudi government. When asked, our own president said he'd spoken to the Saudi king who, quote, strongly denies any involvement, and we need to consider that. Oh, and it bears mentioning that Trump has couched his hesitance to question the king about Khashoggi at all, because, for one, Khashoggi wasn't a U.S. citizen, and for another, we don't want to upset the Saudis, because they've committed $110 billion to purchase arms from us that they could easily redirect to four or five other governments, such as Russia and China. Never mind that it would take years at minimum for the Saudis to retrofit their communications and other systems to totally different kinds of technology than the brand we've been supplying them with for years. About the only thing in this story that we can truly be thankful for was that Trump, with respect to Khashoggi, did not say, well, the, president's, well, the press is the enemy of the people after all. <clears throat> Now, let me be clear. Trump did not say that out loud. But here's the thing. Trump has now gone on record defending the denial of the Saudi crown having anything to do with Khashoggi's disappearance. But now, get this, there are rumors that the Saudis are preparing a report confirming that Khashoggi was the victim of an interrogation gone wrong. Already, Trump is saying that this report of a report is only a rumor. But what if it turns out to be true? Please don your protective coding and consider that someone whose denial of culpability in a crime, uh, requiring, of course, that murder is still considered a crime in that area of the world, that Donald has gone on record to defend, comes out and says, well, yeah, we actually did it. What does that say about all the other deplorables that Donald's gone on record to defend? Joe Arpaio, Roy Moore, Brett Kavanaugh, and BFF Vladimir Putin. Donald himself has drawn this parallel, singing, quote, here we go again, uh, guilty until proven innocent, just like with Kavanaugh, unquote. Mm. 
who was, by the way, never proven innocent to anyone who ever doubted his innocence, which is mostly most people. Well, the Donald, will the Donald be able to compute this, that someone he so emulates, a true king, may have misled him? How is he going to spin that and save face? I didn't know, I don't know, but methinks it might get messy. Thus far, we haven't seen anything resembling a real investigation. What we have seen is cleaning crews going into the consulate ahead of the investigators. Nothing to see here, anymore anyhow. We have not seen the Turks coming forth with the audio and video they claim to have. All we've seen is our own president coaching the Saudis by trotting out the theory that Khashoggi was killed by, quote, rogue operators. Mm. Can you believe this? This story is really disturbing. It's, it's just sickening to think that this, what is alleged to have happened to this poor man, happened. And, and you know, the fact that maybe, perhaps, uh, the Trumps have benefited financially oh, from yeah. the Saudis. You know, here's a, here's a footnote. Today, I read that a deposit of $100 million was made in U.S. accounts by the Saudis purportedly unrelated to any of this with the uh, 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 following up from a promise that they made to help finance um, the troubles in Syria, you know, the, the government's uh, efforts in Syria. Oh, my God. And it's just pure coincidence that this... Oh, my God. ...that these transactions happen today. There's too much going on to keep up with. It, it is. And meanwhile, this... All I can think about is that poor woman who... Um, just lost her fiance, and to have to listen to the American president say, "Well, it's not like he was a citizen." Um, yeah, utterly dismissive. I mean, it, the interesting thing here is, I think Lindsey Graham and Marco, Marco Rubio, Rubio are piping up about this is not acceptable, and this MBS has got to go, and, is, and he is no friend of the U.S. Right. So we're going to see what happens there. I guess could this be a fracture within the, the Trump Republican Party? We'll see. Reasons you must vote Democrat on November 6th. All right. So one of the reasons that we are begging and pleading that you get out and vote and vote for Democrats this fall, uh, Tuesday, November 6th, is the story about Helen. The New Yorker reports... The five-year-old who was detained at the border and persuaded to sign away her rights. Helen, a smart, cheerful five-year-old girl, is an asylum seeker from Honduras. This summer, when a social worker asked her to identify her strengths, Helen shared her pride in, quote, her ability to learn fast and express her feelings and concerns, unquote. She also recounted her favorite activities, playing with dolls, and her professional aspiration to be a veterinarian. In July, Helen fled Honduras with her grandmother and several other relatives. Gangs had threatened the grandmother's teenaged son, and that was why they wanted to leave. With her grandmother's help, Helen traveled thousands of miles, sometimes on foot, and frequently fell behind the group. When they got to Texas... An official informed her grandmother that she and Helen would be separated. The grandmother protested, yelling, quote, Please, the girl is under my care, unquote. The official said, 
quote, don't make things too difficult, unquote, and pulled Helen away, saying, quote, the girl will stay here and you will be deported, unquote. When she was approached, uh, when Helen was, was, I'm sorry, when Helen was apprehended, she checked a box on a form that read, I do request an immigration judge. But in early August, an unknown official handed Helen, again, five years old, a legal document. And the legal document was request for a Flores bond hearing which described a set of legal proceedings and rights that would have been difficult for her to understand. On her form, which was filled out with assistance from officials, there is a checked box next to a line that says, quote, I withdraw my previous request for a Flores bond hearing. Beneath that line, the five-year-old signed her name in wobbly letters. Mm. She remained in custody until after September 7th, after a petition with 10,000 signatures and the help of Alyssa Milano bringing attention to the case. Her grandmother fears that some of the damage inflicted on the family can never be mended. Helen had always been calm. Now she's very attention-seeking, and lately at bedtime, she hides at the closet and refuses to go to sleep, afraid that her family might leave her in the night. Oh, boy. This is not America, people. A five-year-old is signing a legal document that she has no idea what it says. A five-year-old was ripped away from her grandmother after coming here thousands and thousands of miles, walking. Wrap your head around that. It's sick. And it is not acceptable. And this is one of the reasons I feel strongly that we have got to get these cruel, so-called Christian-loving, life, uh, pro-life-having Republicans out of office. In what world does anybody less than 18 years of age be held responsible for making decisions like this five-year-old is? It, it, it's literally insane. And I'm, I'm sick to my stomach. And if you see the form, go look at it online and see little Helen's signature. This is not what any five-year-old should ever have to go through. This child will be traumatized, traumatized for the rest of her life. And that will have ripple effects. This is It sure will. These are the United States of dystopia. And if you want to get your America back, you have got to vote Democrat on, Dem on November 6th. Because some people don't get it. They go, the economy's good. Well, you know what? We're about more than the economy. That's what we've always been. And you know what? The economy's good today. Exactly. That's another story. Reason three this week that we are asking you to vote for Democrats is because the Republican Party has become the party that thinks it's just fine to support candidates like Roy Moore. Roy Moore, you might remember, who was accused of sexual misconduct with a 14-year-old when he was 32. Um, and also, I believe there was a total of seven, no, nine women who accused him of sexual misconduct 
when they were teenagers. Well, that's how it goes in the South. Oh, my God. And so the thing that you would think would be a deal killer, an unacceptable line not to be crossed, by God, 68% of white folks in the state of, what state was it he was running in? Alabama. I don't remember. Whatever state it was, Alabama. Yeah. Voted for this guy. This guy. And that is not acceptable in any way. The, in fact, if you, if you look at that number a little bit more uh, in detail, the largest percentage of voters that he got was that of white, non-college educated men. Of that demographic, he got 79% of the vote. The Republican Party, I'm sorry to say, has become the party that says, accused of sexual misconduct? Whatever. Whatever. Supreme Court. Senate. Usher them right in. No. No. We cannot have that in this country. So there's your three reasons this week we're begging you to vote for Democrats. All right, another reason we have to vote for Democrats on Tuesday, November 6th, be there, is because we currently have a president who name-calls and demeans women on a pretty much daily basis. Pocahontas, horseface, locker-up. It is damaging to women in this country to not have a Republican Party that stands up and goes, stop it. It, that's enough, Mr. President. We're not going to have women spoken to this way. Instead, it's, oh, it's just Trump being Trump. I guess that's like boys being boys. Mm -hmm. Well, I've had enough, and I'm hoping to God the women of this country have also had enough. It's about time for a woman to kick him in the nuts and say, oh, girls will be girls. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel very strongly about it, that this is not helpful to women to have this go on unchecked day after day. So there. And now for your action of the week. The action of the week is how to put our efforts towards fighting voter suppression. Um, and one way to do that is to open up your wallets and support these fine causes uh, that are working so hard to help with voter suppression. The first one is called NARF, Native American Rights Fund. And right now, if you make a donation, it will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. And they are in the process of creating ID cards with street addresses because uh, most reservations are very rural and do not have name streets or house numbers. And this is being used now in North Dakota to, um, to suppress the vote because they, in, in the last election, Senator Heidi Heitkamp, a Democrat, won, and what pushed her over the edge to win was a lot of uh, support from the Native American population. And so now the Republicans have come up with this ID law that you have to have a street address. And since that's not common with Native Americans, that has been a problem. So this organization is, is trying to help get those IDs ready. 
and the other is the ACLU. I believe they are currently, um, they have a suit in Georgia um, because in Georgia they have what they call the exact match voter law. And uh, it, is, it is determined that this is too much of a subjective standard. So basically when you fill out your application, if it is not exactly the same as your driver's license information, if you have an extra space or there's a comma, uh, then they, they, they boot the thing, or at least right now they've got 53,000 of these um, applications on hold. And so, um, anyway, these are two great causes to, to support. Thank you. And now, for your inspirational quote of the week. Be best. <laughs> Just kidding. Our first quote of the week is from Plato, who said, One of the penalties for refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. Another one from Plato. The price of apathy towards public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Thank you, Plato. So close to the election, we feel it is important to inspire you. So we're adding a third quote of the week. This one by Abraham Lincoln, who said, Elections belong to the people. It's their decision. If they decide to turn their back on the fire and burn their behinds, then they will just have to sit on their blisters. People, let's not all be sitting on our blisters in three weeks. Let's get out there and vote. Thank you, Abe Lincoln. And that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week and tell all your left-leaning but not very active friends about us. This has been a Common Production. 